Hey, what's up everyone out there? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Addicted Fishing Podcast. It's been probably a couple weeks. The last few episodes that we put out, we uh, I just like fired them all out at the same time. Three, three, three uploads at one time. Well, we got to catch up somehow. Yeah, just surge the content out there. Hopefully. Two, we were talking about like some season that was like months before. <laughs> talking about Spring Chinook still. Tributary Spring Springers or Usually something. Usually I put like lost episode or something in the title just because... In, in all reality, guys, it's because Marlon didn't put them out, and I'm an idiot. So I'm gonna try to get better. Sorry, guys. We, and and we, I think this is just tradition now. We just start every podcast with an apology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just exactly. like, but well, truth, we don't we don't really necessarily have a podcast sponsor anymore, so we don't need to start it with our sponsor. Yeah, but truth be told, we've also been busy. That's true. Chasing lots and lots of fishies. Fishing has been really fun, really really fun until they closed it. Yeah, but, you know, they closed it. When's this podcast coming out? When are people listening to this right now? Hopefully, it's not December. Hopefully, guys. in like a week. Hopefully, like it's not. Less, hopefully, a couple days, few days. Hopefully, it's not December. A few days. If Clint gets it edited up and he texts me and tells me, I will put it out. I promise. And if you're listening to this in December, blame Clint. <laughs> hopefully, you're listening to this in September. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hopefully they are. I will see, see you are. on the text. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, guys, here out in the Pacific Northwest, we've been salmon fishing for the last basically since. Well, Cam's been at it since mid July. The rest of the crowds, for the most part, have been at it pretty much since August 1. Chasing them up the river as they closed kind of down low, and now we're up here in our backyard, and now they closed that. Yep, they did. It's a shame. It really is. Are they going to reopen it? They're meeting tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's actually going to go to a meeting. I think it's going to be an emergency opener. So hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this, we're going to see some openers, but, you know, it's been really fun. Not, I shouldn't say fun, but I, I should say. Emergency opener. Well, they had, that's how they did the emergency closure without holding a compact meeting. They, they just do it. private compact do meetings. Do they ever do freaking emergency openers? Because I don't feel like they do. Well, I think they just might do it under the guise of in-season management and just do it. Good. That would be a good call. Because cause, cause there's myself over here and then, and then, uh, and then Bill, <coughs> excuse me, Bill Monroe over on the Oregon side, you know, kind of. Pounding on the door, like, when are we meeting? When are we discussing this? When are some? Where are some fact sheets? Where's this? Where's that? And uh, we're kind of getting told, like, well, we might even not just do that. We might just do this to get something going. And so, you know, it's a little bit of inside baseball on this, guys. And like I said, hopefully the season's open when you're listening to this podcast. But man, there's just so many moving parts to like this closure, and like, you know, we're seeing this this giant dam count, and of course, I'm sure everyone's pounding down their doors, but they're trying to. You know, pick up all those, you know, those snouts and those coated wire tag recoveries that they're getting. They're trying to process all those and, you know, trying to decide if some of these um, some of these traps and some of these lower river um, areas actually have the abundance of fish that they should or hopefully more than they should or more than forecasted. And that's kind of the key word forecasted um, because, you know, we caught a lot more of those fish than they planned on us doing. Yeah. Um, you know, and so when well, we started the season out with you pretty much saying that from the get go, right? That we, those were kind of at risk. Like we needed to be careful with the, those early returning stocks, right? Right. The constraining stock at the buoy 10 fishery was once again, going to be lower river toolies. Yeah. I mean, we'll just, we'll just say toolies right now. I mean, there's toolies that do go above Bonneville, but let's just for this, for this discussion, let's just call it, let's just say it's toolies. Um, but yeah, that was, that was coming in with all the preseason forecasting. We knew that upriver brights, the ones we really want, you know, the ones that are going to go above Bonneville and then above Dowles and John Day, um, though that run was looking awesome. 
It wasn't on this like borderline of good versus bad like it was the previous year. But this year it was looking like, yeah, baby, open season. Here we go. But our constraining stock, once again, we're going to be these toolies. And if we caught too many of them, we'd have to do in-season management. Well, we all started buoy 10 August 1. We were told that if we do a hatchery-only situation, because it's really the wild. There's some runs of wild toolies in the lower Columbia that we have to protect. And it's all and it's because of Noah. It's because of like some big up, you know, overreaching, not overreaching, excuse me, but overlooking uh, NOAA agency saying that you have ESA listed tule stocks in the lower Columbia, but you also have to plant all these hatchery tule stocks to mitigate some of the Canadian fisheries. So they stay off some of our fisheries so they can get down the coast and we can catch them. It's a long convoluted thing, but basically we put tules in the water. So like I said, the Canadians don't catch them, but and all the while there are wild tules in the water that we need to keep wild and we need to not touch. So you can see how convoluted this is already getting. <laughs> yeah. So bottom line. Well, got, the good thing is, is at least they're making an effort to keep it open because they could just say it's closed. We can't have. Well, they, well, they, they kind of did. And, 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 and this is the part that we're all kind of miffed at because they said, you know, to get through the, the August season, you know, so because of that hatchery and wild tule, they were, they told us if you just can give us, you know, 10 to 14 days. And this was back at North of Falcon and early, you know, 10 to 14 days. This was back earlier in the season setting process. I'm sorry, guys. I'm tired. <laughs> but give us hatchery only for the first two weeks of the season at Bowie 10. That's when most of our true wild tulies are present in the system. Get them through. Because if you're only bonking hatchery fish, you're not bonking wild ones. Mm -hmm. There are some impacts there because you have some handle, but it's a fraction, small fraction of what it would be if you were bonking them, right? Mm -hmm. Get us through that, and we should be in the clear, and we'll be good. And we won't have to deal with this again, and then everything from Tongue Point up will run a full season till September 9th, and then everything from Warrior to Bonneville will run 90 days, August 1 till October 31st. I mean, as good of a season as you could pretty much ask for in this day and age of salmon management, right? Well, we gave those 10 days, and even during those 10 days where it was hatchery only, fishing was freaking phenomenal. And it was very, very, very quickly abundant or quickly apparent that the abundancy of these fish, Thule's, Upriver Brights, Bonneville Pool Hatchery Fish, you know, all of the above, that there was just a freaking lot of fish in the water. Yep. And we smashed them. And we smashed them. From opening day. From opening day. Yeah. There was even still some, I'm convinced there was still a lot of like summer Chinook around. Yeah. And we'll be able to tell that, like I said, later on when we get the Code of Wire tag reports on what we caught. But... I know there was still summer Chinook and spring Chinook around. Bottom line was there was a lot of fish. So as we went into the buoy 10 season with the kill them all season on August 11th, um, you know, we were catching fish and I believe the number somehow rolled up to like something like 17,000 fish since the kill all opener. And we were only projected to be at like 11 or something like that. So the bottom line is we caught just tons and tons and tons of fish. Well, there's a reason why we're catching tons and tons and tons of fish. And it's because there's tons and tons and tons of fish in the water. And so when you have this situation right now where the state says, this is what the forecast is, and we expect you are going to catch this much. Out of that, that batch of fish that you're catching, there's toolies in there and there's wild toolies in there. But we expect you to catch this much. And if you stay in that line, the season should run like this. As long as the stock compositions stay the same. 
you know, there's not like more toolies and brights, more brights and toolies, whatever they guessed, that was the number. And they got the stock composition right, but they didn't get the volume right. And we hammered them. We caught tons of fish. So then they slowed our buoy 10 season down. And they canceled that early, closed it, closed it to Chinook retention about, mm, I guess it'd be 10 days early than what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to go till September 6th. So then it trans- so then everybody, you know, what, what like everybody did, myself included, we fished up river. I said, okay, well, I guess buoy 10's done, but the writing was on the wall. We were screaming at the managers. Even one of the compact meeting, I said, look, you know, we got fish to catch. There's a lot of fish down here. We're going to be handling them. We went up river. The same thing occurred. Um, it really occurred at the mouth of the Callets where a lot of these tag recoveries were coming back toolies. And so from September, excuse me, from August 27th till September 4th, we were smoking them again. And they freaked out again because we've got, once again, we were catching more than they expected us to catch. But here, herein lies the problem with this, this way of thinking and this way of management. I'm going to back you up a little bit. Let's just say that you decided that you put out a forecast and let's say you over predicted. Let's, let's flip the coin, right? Let's, let's, if you over predict the Thule run, the ones you have to protect. And let's say, let's say there's, uh, let's say you're supposed to get 100,000 toolies back and we're expecting you to catch 5,000 of them. Well, what if you only catch 2,500 of them? And then at the end of the year, or excuse me, so if you only catch 2,500 of them when you were supposed to catch 5,000 of them, you would go your full season fishing for these other fish, the upper brights, because all of a sudden you're within their expectations based on that forecast. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty like... But then, at the end of the season, you might realize, well, you didn't get 100,000 toolies. You only got 50,000 because you only had you only caught half the fish you were thinking you were going to catch, but you would fish your full season. So it's like what's basically, I believe, happening now is we're getting punished. Not punished, but the state's definitely throwing their hands up and saying, hey, we've got to stop this. We're catching fish. And I'm not necessarily saying that we shouldn't, like, slow down or we shouldn't close the season but we've got to have some kind of mechanism that says look you guys are catching a lot of fish we get it you know you guys were expected to catch those five thousand toolies but now you've caught 10 well is it because you have a hundred thousand fish actually coming back or do you have two hundred thousand fish coming back and that's the dynamic we're in so like when the things are going good and we're catching fish we're going to get shut down but it'd be like a springer run if they uh, if they overpredict it because then we don't see that expected catch and then we'd get extension extension extension, and then when it all rolls up at the end we'd be like, well, damn it, we didn't make our numbers. And it's freaking ridiculous. Meanwhile, the dam count, the upriver brights, the ones that we want to catch, the really the ones that we're targeting, are flying through. Like McNary Dam right now, I think has got like higher numbers of Chinook salmon going over it than they've had in like the last like eight years, I think. And it could be like of all time. And that's McNary dam. And that's the fourth dam up. That's like the, the ones that, you know, the snake river wilds, yeah, the, the upper brights, the good ones. Yeah. And so meanwhile, like ev- all the public is seeing these just awesome dam counts, awesome fishing. Let's be honest. They're scrolling Facebook and it looks like a freaking damn yeah. fish market out there. I mean, I'm seeing just, it's pretty nuts out there. And it's awesome. It's re- it's great because, like, these people that, you know, that want to participate in these fisheries, you know, I mean, we saw them out there all Labor Day weekend. And you think about you know, how much uh, money that influxes into the economy, too. It's amazing. 
Well, I right. mean, think about that. And it, but, but I mean, just like I the, mean, I the, spent two hundred, three hundred bucks a day every time I oh, was dude, out there for sure. Yeah, I mean, I had clients coming through double trips. I mean, it was going down. And you know what? But though you go out there and you look, and it wasn't just us catching them. It was like no, everybody, everybody, everybody's catching them. Yeah, that's what a guy blamed me today on Instagram. He that's what he said. He said, "Yeah, you guys are the reason they closed this fishery because you taught everyone how to catch them." Well, the reality and is, I'm like, okay, bud, what an idiot. Well, the reality is, like, there there is some different. There's there, now there is some. If you really so want to, what get, I argued and what I said in my response back was, I said, "Dude, look, six, seven, eight years ago, no one was trolling for these fish. Like, we've all learned to catch them better." We have now. If you, now think about that. So, and, and this was one of my discussions I had with one of the WDFW managers, was that you know he's telling me that you know times are changing, things are changing. We're just we're, we are more effective with you know the three sixty short bus super series, yeah. and we are. But we're also more effective because we're not fishing half the day. So if you think about this fishery eight years ago, oh yeah, 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 we only fished on an outgoing tide. We yeah. rarely trolled. There was some small trolling, you know, trolling the cherry, cherry bobber spinners, yeah. but it was nothing like it was. We fished the outgoing tide. And if it was only for six hours a day, four hours a day, whatever, that's what we did. We, we based our trips on it. We didn't do, if, if it was a really bad tide, we went to the tribs, we did other stuff, but you didn't fish dawn till dark. Yep. And now you can. And so, the dynamics of the fisheries let's make it are clear, changing. Though. We did not start well, that. Well, let's, we, there let's, was lots of guys trolling. Here's the thing. It's no different than the, when the triangle flashers took hold in the springer fishery. Yeah. You watch a guy reeling in a fish, and he's got that damn flashy little triangle thing hanging in front of it. You go, well, damn, he's catching that thing on a triangle. It was not, whether we got into the fray or that or not, that thing, we did it for a year, mind you, without saying crap to anybody. Yeah, we did. But the problem is, we every time you catch a fish, we were also learning it. Yeah. Just to be fair, we are no like long term twenty year veterans of this crap. Nobody no. is, and I don't yeah. care what they say. Nobody is. Well, unless you're over on the east side, but no, at least our at least yeah. our area. But now in our area, when we were when we were figuring this stuff out, figuring how effective it out, same thing. We would catch one on it, and that freaking skateboard would be sitting there flashing yeah. there every time you land a fish. And of course, every time someone's landing a fish, everyone's watching. It wasn't gonna take that long to figure this stuff out. So the, regardless of regardless of all that, the fishery is changing, and because the fishery is changing, we have to start changing the way we manage the fishery. You know what I mean? Like these ways that that NOAA's come down and and these guidelines and and how we structure these fisheries are obviously they're not working. Like I said, they're counterintuitive on the fact that, like I said, if, a, if we have an underprediction or an overprediction, like we talked about earlier. And there's got to be something that's that's got to be done. And I don't know. One thing that's becoming really apparent is some of these river mouths are really becoming um, tooly intensive hotspots. Um, whereas from what I, to my understanding, like right now, um, everywhere else in the river was like right in the guidelines where it'd be like the catch would be, you know, uh, 30% this or 70% that like the stock composition didn't change. The volume changed, but the stock composition didn't change. So they have some of those so, cold water sanctuaries up the river farther, right? Yeah, but we don't care about those because anything, there's no toolies that we I care know, about of a Bonneville. Do you think that they should implement some yes. of that in our I think they'll have to. I yeah. think that's going to be what's, uh, I mean. It's going to make it a lot tougher it, for people, for sure. Right, but I think anybody would argue, well, I mean, like, who knows, right? I mean, if I had my druthers, I would take what we've got in the last three years on the tag recoveries from the locations that we've got them. And we got to say, look guys, you can fish here and we can all decide collectively as a, 
you know, as, a, as we all at North of Falcon, or we can all decide collectively, you know, at um, the Columbia River, um, no, no, not, not the compact meetings, but, um, you know, just kind of the processes that we go through to set the seasons. Yeah. And they can just come out and say, look, and they, they already kind of do this. They give you like three or four options and it says, if we do this, this is what's going to happen. And these are your dates that you can get. And this is what we're modeling based on our forecast. Now, obviously we know what happens with forecasts, i.e. this year, yeah. but that's what they give you. And what they'll do is, and they'll, they'll drum up another season where they'll take those hot spots out of it and say, this is the season you'll be able to get with that and pick which one you want. And then they'll collectively kind of take the input from the public and kind of decide what they want. So, but that hasn't really been on the table. We've gotten, you know, we, they, three years ago, a Thule or constraining stock hotspot was the tongue point to the West Puget Island. And they shut that down for a couple of years or they, at least when they shut buoy 10 down, they made people move further up the river. And so that was kind of one of those steps. Um, but it's kind of like my argument with like some of the North Coast steelhead stuff. You can't just like blanket this. You need to freaking start managing it. And I think one of the tools in their tool chest will be to look at these Thule hotspots for the next time that the Thule stock is our constraining stock and figure it out around. Yeah. Figure, figure out how we're going to construct a fishery around that. Yeah. Uh, it needs to happen, obviously, because what we're doing right now is not working. And, and their words to me is, well, the fishery's changing. Oh, well, time to change what we're doing. Um, going forward, you know, right now, depending as we sit today, they're trying to drum up the numbers as far as if we have any indications or any evidence of a Thule run being larger than predicted. Unfortunately, they have like dates that say like September 5th is like 50% wild Thule arrival to these tributaries. But September 15th is 80%. Well, October 1st is 90%. So as you move further into the season, you know, as far as getting us back on the main stem Columbia, as those tulies move out of the river, well, obviously you have less chance of catching them. Theoretically, if there was a date that they knew there was no tulies in the Columbia, you could go fishing that date every time because you're never going to kill another one, right? Mm -hmm. But they have, they're going to have to figure out where all this tulie kill ended up with, you know, because we fished till Labor Day here above Warrior. What the actual run they think is actually going to come in and then decide, okay, well, if it's that 80% arrival, if they put us in then, or they put in the 90% arrival, how many more are we going to catch if they open us back into the lower Columbia? And I know right now there's a few people that are like feverishly looking at some other ideas where like, okay, well, let's just put them in above I-5. I'll put them in above Rooster Rock and get them away from any chance of handling toolies. And we can go in theoretically tomorrow. And I know they're feverishly looking at tag recoveries and feverishly looking at some of these, some of these creel counts and creel checks. Um, so I don't think it's a matter of these guys are just sitting on their ass playing golf. You know what I mean? I think they are actively trying to figure out what to do because they got to stay within the guideline, guide, NOAA guidelines, and how much we can impact these fish. Um, but I think and let's what, be honest. There's a bunch of wild fish people out there that watch them like hawks waiting for them to make some sort of mistake oh that's a fact yeah oh no no without a doubt there's people that do not have the interests of the fish or us in mind by any stretch of the imagination and they're the silent super silent minority but they definitely turn the screws with the state uh, unfortunately because sportsmen are a bunch of idiots yep you are an idiot i'm an idiot <laughs> we're all idiots because 
if we all just figured out how to do it collectively, we could do probably whatever we wanted. But we don't. We all just fight and blame other people and whatever. And argue uh, all over the internet. Blame Gilnets. Blame blame Gilnets, even though they stayed in zones four and five. And I had a client one time say he didn't want to go fishing because the Gilnets were in the night before. And I said, well, they're in only upriver of where we were fishing. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. But you're right. There is a lot of interest. So they have to stay within those guidelines. So they're... They're feverishly, you know, we invited them all into our live feeds tonight and, and, you know, unfortunately got respectfully declined, you know, they're busy, they got lives too, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think at some point in time, I'd love to get them in for some of these podcasts and get to the nitty gritty because, and I'm not going to speak for them, but they, you know, I've, I've heard some stories of what they're doing, driving some of these snouts down to the labs to try to pull them, you know, pulling tags through the nights, getting reads on them, looking up and, you know, just trying to figure out exactly you know, let, you know, trying to figure out as, as the dust is settling here, what's, what's going on. Um, and I don't think they'd be doing that if they didn't necessarily want us back in the water. Yeah. So I, yeah. I do give them a little bit of credit in that respect, but obviously, um, like I said, what we're doing needs to change. So next April and next March and next May, when these things start coming around again and we're start talking about our fisheries, don't forget this. And, uh, yeah, get involved where you can. You'll see announcements. You'll see stuff out there. I'd and like to just go fishing, please. What's that? I said I'd like to just go fishing, please. Yeah, well, every, well, we're in the thick of it right now, so that's all everybody wants. But next March, April, May, no one's going to be thinking about this when we're doing North of Falcon and we're that's seeing true. the options. And fact. yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough, tough road. Yeah. So if you are one of our listeners out there that is not from the Pacific Northwest, you can understand the agony we're going through right now. It's pure agony. I, I'm telling you, like, this discussion scratched just the surface. Yeah, like, didn't even touch it. I mean, I would love to get these guys in to, you know, to have it, but I just, just, just knowing from where, from, from my past life and kind of what's going on, like, it's, it's actually very, I'm, I'm very, very, very much dumbing this down um, to actually portray it. I guess that makes sense because it's, there's a lot to it. Salmon well, I'm management. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot. Well, we got to go record a live feed now, folks. So we appreciate oh, you guys. I say listening. this all again, don't I? We appreciate you guys listening to our podcast tonight. It was a little bit more about the fisheries out here in the Northwest, but don't forget if you guys are liking our podcast, and you want to hear more of these, make sure you guys hit the thumbs up, drop some comments, leave some reviews, and hopefully we'll record these more regularly. But it's getting into wintertime, so I'm, I'm assuming we're going to be recording. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely getting there. Well, and they also shut down our local areas, so we can't really go fishing now. True. Womp womp. All right, everyone. <laughs> Thanks so much. We'll see you on the road. Later.